Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. Sometimes what we want is our name in lights. Sometimes what players want is their name in the rafters, in the history books. And the way you do that oftentimes is to win championships. The question is now that we're seeing what could be a super team come together in Phoenix. What's that going to mean for everybody else that's looking to try and win a ring? It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, we're presented by Progressive Insurance. And let's just start with the most important thing. HD, I was getting new internet put in this morning. I missed it, but I have heard you were a rock star out there crushing the world of Get Up. And I just want to start by saying that's awesome. Every time you're up there on Get Up, you know, this whole show is just cheering you on. I'm glad to know that you went out there and kicked America's asses this morning. Thanks, bud. I'm excited to be back with you. You know, I missed you yesterday, but you know, if I'm not going to be here, I'm going to be tuned in. I'm going to be listening. And guess what? The fraternal twins are back together, baby. Fitz and Harry right now on ESPN Radio, baby. Let's get it. Oh, man, I'm telling you. (laughs) It feels good to be back. And I was was excited this morning because so much of the conversation about the Suns and Super Teams, and I know we've talked about this so much. And what I think about constantly and one of the messages that you've really chirped on a lot is you got to know exactly what your job is and what your role is. And I keep thinking about the Suns. And I think about the fact that, let's be real, I mean, I put money on him last year to win the championship after the KD trade, and everybody said depth was going to be the issue, and I laughed at that. Ha ha! And then depth turned out to be the issue, and I lost my money. Right, so like, now I'm looking next year and thinking, okay, well, guess what? Bradley Beal, uh, sure, might be an upgrade from Chris Paul for the Suns, uh, but realistically, they still have depth issues. I should say, as I mentioned, Chris Paul, if you've been listening to the promos for the show today, we will be hanging out with Chris Paul. He will join this show. Turns out it's going to be a little little different timing than we thought wise uh, timing wise it's going to be 1 30 p.m eastern chris paul is going to talk to us on this show we will ask him about the trade but harry i keep thinking about the suns right now and thinking you know what they really need somebody like a chris paul that will come in and help them win a championship <laughs> and it's funny man because uh you you were on the phoenix sun as, as soon as kevin durant went there and rightfully so because he's a phenomenal player but I think with the trade that just took place and Bradley Beal going to the Phoenix Suns, Fitz, now you have three guys that, that, that are going to be on this basketball team and Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and Bradley Beal that are ex- they're exclusive at scoring the basketball. And I feel like they can score the basketball at will. Natural, pure uh, scores that we have in the game today in the NBA. Here's the only thing. You can score a lot of points, but if you don't stop your opponent from scoring, in which that was one of the things they struggled with against the Denver Nuggets in that series, uh, alongside uh, w- with the depth, I don't know how feasible it's going to be in a title quest. Now, I still have the Phoenix Suns up there very, very high to try to contend for an NBA championship, but I think them being able to, this trade getting done right now, them being able to have an offseason together where they can, you know, mix with one another, have that team uh, camaraderie, uh, get together, and also just be able to understand one another when it comes to the game of basketball. Because I do think that's vital. Kevin Durant got there at a certain point last season, and I I just think they didn't have time for all of that. 
because at the moment they were trying to go on a quest of uh, trying to contend for an NBA championship. Now having an offseason together, I think these guys are going to, number one, they're going to have to figure out defensively, okay, they all have to be better. It's going to be that much more on Kevin Durant's shoulders. Also, Devin Booker, Bradley Beal. They have to be committed on that end of the floor, I feel like, if they want to contend and actually have an opportunity to try to win an NBA championship. But here's here's where it gets complicated. Because what did we talk about in the playoffs? We talked about minutes so often and how many minutes that certain teams were relying on from the only guys they have. And the, yep. the margins are going to be so thin. Something Nick Friedel said yesterday that he doesn't remember ever seeing a team with the championship aspirations with these thin of margins because it only takes one night where the refs are calling it close or back-to-back games where they're, they played too many minutes or you know they have to go from coast to coast. All of these different variables in the playoffs. So they need depth. They need more players. The problem is the new CBA rules make it tougher than ever. And I, I need everybody to try and understand that there's a difference between veteran minimum, which is a small amount of money, and the mid-level exception. And that minimum has gotten widely different. J.J. Redick, ESPN NBA analyst, broke it down on the old man and the three. And it's important context, Terry, because it, it reminds everybody that you might have to leave millions of dollars on the table if you want to play for these sons. What has happened with the new CBA, the, the prior amendments, I should say, to the CBA that were implemented three or four years ago, is that all of the exceptions have now gone up. So the disparity between a vet minimum and the taxpayer mid-level or the vet minimum and the mid-level have gone exponentially higher. I have a hard time believing as attractive as, of a city as Phoenix is and a, as attractive of a situation that they have to win a championship, I have a hard time believing that there's guys that are going to be lining up to turn down tens of millions of dollars to go do a one-year vet minimum contract in Phoenix. I mean, tens of millions of dollars, yep. Harry. Not, not a million, tens of millions of dollars. Well, and I think those are along the lines of where the NBA is today, Fitch, because you have players who may play five or six minutes a game or might not even get in the game. Those guys are making $12, 15000000 million a year <laughs> at other You're places. Right. <laughs> but I think when you look at some of those players who are trying to, number one, revitalize their career, or number two, want to win a championship or have an opportunity and say, you know what, let me take this vet minimum deal and have an opportunity to contend and add, be one of those pieces to the puzzle for Phoenix. And then if we win it, let me see if I can collect a bigger payday or something, you know, a little north of what I probably could have gotten this season after winning the championship. So you, you will probably have guys that have that mentality, but at the end of the day, just letting millions on top of millions of dollars just walk out of the door because you want to you want to do that. It's hard for me to see it happening, but you probably will have a few guys that say, you know what, let me take this vet minimum deal. Let us get an opportunity to contend for a championship. I'm going to be playing with two guys that, that are going to probably be in the Hall of Fame and Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. Bradley Bill is another piece of the puzzle. DeAndre Aiden, if he can get things going, we can probably do something special. You might have some guys that do that. But it's going to be a handful of those guys because if you're telling me I'm I'm going to turn down tens of millions of dollars, I, I don't think me personally could do that. I mean, think about this. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Just think about this conversation, the way it goes down, because I agree with you. But I, like, let's pretend Harry Douglas is right now about to – you've decided you, you, you might be willing to. The crazy part about all of this is that the Suns are going to knock on your door. They're going to knock on the Douglas mansion, and they're going to open up the door, and they're going to say, H.T., 
come on, man. You can win a title here. We just need you to leave about $10 million behind on this oh. one year, but you're going to win a title. Then oh. the problem is, I leave. I leave. I walk out the door with my little suitcase that says Phoenix Suns. Right behind me, Evan knocks on the door, and the door opens, and Evan's representing the Lakers, and he's like, hey, man, like, mm. if you're going to leave $10 million on the floor, at least come to L.A. where you can play with LeBron mm. and A.D., and then he closes the door. And then Devin knocks on the door, and he's like, ah, not a Clippers over here. Like, if you're going to leave $10 million, like, and then after all of this is done, Mike Malone walks on, uh, just walks, knocks on the door, and he's like, or <laughs> if you want to leave $10 million, you can come here and play with the best player in the world on a team that just won the championship. All I'm saying, HD, because I think you're right, there are going to be a handful of people that say, man, I just want to win a chip, and I'll take a million dollars instead of 10. The problem is this year, there's four or five teams that could be bidding on them, and those teams all have the opportunity to make even at, at least as good a sales pitch as Phoenix does, which is crazy. Well, let's rewind it for a second, because see, before you even get a chance to leave my house... <laughs> I'm going to tell you, don't let the doorknob hit you with a good Lord split you. Because I ain't, I'm not sacrificing all the millions of dollars. I need my money, baby. You know, I got a nice wife in here, two wonderful kids that I have to support. My, no, 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 no. What my tumbo say? No, no, no. Uh-uh. Not happening in this house. Not in the Douglas household. You know what I'm laughing at? I'm laughing at the thought of, you know, just sitting here, repping the sons and saying, hey, man, we want you to come play. You're excited. And I'm like, I just need you to agree to take $10 million less to play here than you can make anywhere else. Hey, I'm just imagining <laughs> Harry pulling his beautiful daughter in and saying, hey, come here. Come here. Now, this man says I should leave $10 million on the table, honey. What should I do? Cause you and, know and you know, and you know my baby like her daddy. You know my baby got a smart mouth like her daddy. So you are you you can only imagine what my daughter going to say to him. <laughs> Your daughter's going to look at him and say, sir, you need to leave this house now. I mean, that, that is a thousand percent true. I, it's funny because the Suns are banking that they have built a roster that is going to allow anyone to come in and, and play. And they're going to have some decisions they can make about DeAndre Ayton. We will get into that, obviously. But realistically, what everybody needs to understand right now is that the Suns might think the sales pitch is simple. Come play with KD and come play with Bradley Beal and come play uh, with Devin Booker. But realistically, the financials are wildly complicated. Fitz and Harry presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance like I do with Annabelle. Love you, Annabelle. Coming up, there is a, there's one other title contender asking their veterans to take a pay cut to win a title. Will it work there? Hmm. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We really want Draymond back. What he means to this organization, this team, in terms of trying to win at the highest level, we feel like we have to have him. You're never going to leave $28 million on the table to go out searching for a deal. I just don't believe that Draymond and the Warriors will come to a break. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. We really want Draymond back. What he means to this organization, this team, in terms of trying to win at the highest level, we feel like we have to have him. You're never going to leave $28 million on the table to go out searching for a deal and be stranded at the altar here. I think it's just interesting, if it's not Golden State, like, who is it? Steve Kerr has said it on record several times now. The Warriors aren't the Warriors competing for titles moving forward without Draymond Green. I just don't believe that Draymond and the Warriors will come to a breakup. 
For the last 24 hours since we found out, as expected by many, that Draymond Green has decided not to take the player option with Golden State, it feels like the prominent question has been, what's next for Draymond? Maybe the prominent question should actually be, what's next for Golden State? That one is tougher to answer. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz were presented by Progressive Insurance HD. Obviously, the big news yesterday for Golden State fans and, and frankly, for Draymond uh, fans all across the country is that he's not going to pick up that player option, and that means that it's decision time. Decision time for Draymond is, does he want to look elsewhere? Where else could he make a bunch of money? Can he get another big, fat payday? Decision time, though, for the Warriors – looks difficult because they now have to figure out what they're doing, not just with Draymond, but then whatever the trickle-down effects will be. I want you to hear this and tell me what you think because this is what Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA analyst, uh, uh, insider, I should say, said specifically on Get Up About the Warriors and the big decisions they're facing with two of their big stars. They simply cannot afford to keep this team together as constituted at the salaries they're at. And I'm not sure that if Draymond Green isn't willing to take some sort of reduction um, in his annual salary, I'm not sure he fits alongside Klay Thompson if he's not willing to take a reduction in his annual salary in an extension discussion that is going to be happening this summer. He has one year left on his deal. And I think that's the biggest thing when you look at the situation that the Warriors are in right now and trying to get Draymond Green to come back to the Golden State Warriors in which he just opted out, but also Klay Thompson is actually due and next up as well, Fitz, is because those two guys are linked together. And I understand that they got Andrew Wiggins to, you know, take a pay cut and it saved them a lot of money's, uh, money on their books to allow them to assemble their team in a way that they wanted to do it. But now with the new CBA and, and, and how it's constructed, now you're probably asking two guys, right, to take a pay cut that probably feel – like they're a big part of what the Golden State Warriors want to do and probably like someone else would offer them more money as well. Now, with Draymond opting out, um, I didn't think sideways uh, of it because the simple fact that you have to exhaust all possibilities and put everything on the table and see what someone else is able to offer you. And also, I don't think you opt out of 20, what, what is it, 27 and a half million dollars without having a plan in your back pocket as well. You just don't do that because that's a ton of money. Well, I think we're going to get a real sense almost immediately on exactly what Golden State's thinking, right? Because in my mind, there's one of two scenarios at this point. Golden State is going to let him test the market. They're going to let him dip his toes. If that's what they're going to do, Harry, they're telling you where they feel right now. The other side of it is Golden State's going to come in and make an aggressive offer. Like, uh, there isn't really an in-between here because you got to make sure that Draymond feels appreciated. I I know we want to make things just about money and just about championships, but you also know better than anybody, athletes want to feel like at some level they're loved, right? So if you're Draymond, you're opting out. What you don't, I don't think you're, if you're Draymond's camp, you really love the mindset of the Warriors saying, well, go go test the market, tell us what you find, come back and we'll talk. I think you're looking for Golden State right now to be aggressive and Golden State's got to make the decision. Is that's what's best for this team? Because whatever got broken last year with the punch that we all saw between Draymond and Jordan yeah. Poole, whatever got broken, how do you fix that? They need to have the internal answer to that, like Today, it's not just about the money. It's about fixing that culture. Because if they're going to choose to spend the money, they better have a reason why it's not going to end up the same way. Well, here's the thing. When you look at the Golden State Warriors and how their team is assembled currently right now as it is, uh, before Draymond opted out, you look at that team defensively. How many people on your team, on that team, that you can sit here seriously say, okay, 
that guy helped anchor our defense or he was the anchor or he was the reason why defensively we had a chance. Right. No, no one. None. Because Clay Thompson isn't the same guy that he was, right? Draymond played a pivotal role in the four championships that they have, but also we've seen what it looked like when Draymond isn't on the court, right? And that gave us the Cleveland Cavaliers and LeBron James being down 3-1 an opportunity to come back and win that series. So we know he's that important to the organization. So if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I feel like this, and I hope they do feel this way. If Draymond team, uh, Draymond Green isn't on our team, we don't have a chance to win a championship because of the mental part of the game that he brings, the toughness, the, the voice, right? And we all need that voice because we know Steph Curry holds a lot of weight, but he isn't the rah-rah guy. We know Klay Thompson holds a lot of weight, but he's not the rah-rah guy. You need someone on your team like Draymond Green. And it's a lot of other NBA teams out there that, 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 you know, able to contend for a championship that would love to have a player like Draymond Green because you know he's going to bring his all every single day, not just in games, but also practices. He's going to hold every single person accountable on that roster. But that that's, for me, Harry, that's such a huge part of this conversation. Fitz and Harry, by the way, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And a huge part of this is that realistically – there are 10 teams out, out there right now that understand what Draymond could do for them. Uh, what the Warriors need to do is look in the mirror and understand very simply one thing. They have the best chance at running it back to win a championship with Draymond back on this roster. It is that simple. That's why I think Mike Dunleavy Jr., the new Warriors GM, made it clear at the press conference when he said this about wanting Draymond back. We really want Draymond back. Um, what he means to this organization, this team, in terms of trying to win at the highest level. Uh, we, we, we feel like we have to have him. Um, so that's very important. Um, beyond that, yeah, I mean, I think a lot can be made of all the challenges that, that are coming our way, whether it be aging roster, the new CBA with some of the limitations there, um, anything else you can bring up. But um, we're aware of all those things, but we also feel like we're in a great great place because we've got a competitive owner willing to spend and a, a group that's really tied in. It's got good synergy good processes, good sound decision-making. So we, we feel confident we can navigate it. I mean, he's making it clear there because, look, the complications they're about to face, they're going to face either way, right? But today, yeah. for right now, while this while they're still in this chapter, I can't imagine going to Clay and going to Steph and saying, well, we're letting Draymond walk. But we feel like, don't worry, we still got a great chance at a championship without him because everybody knows that's not true, Harry. Well, when you have a guy literally on the basketball court fits that can guard – positions one through five, a guy that can orchestrate offense, a guy that allows you to play small ball that can, you know, anchor things defensively for you. You can't let that guy walk because number one, Steph Curry is the most important player for the Golden State Warriors. Right behind Steph Curry, in my opinion, is Draymond Green. It's going to be a wild time right now because the Warriors are going to try and do a lot of things at once. They're going to try and make sure that they're positioned right for the future and they're positioned right for, the, for today. But the one thing that I think you and I both agree on is that for the Warriors to have the next best chapter, Draymond today still has to be a part of that. So they're going to have to come out and aggressively make an offer. For all the talk about super teams, is one duo trying to form a super team in the NFL? We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio in the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
Vikings plan to cut running back Dalvin Cook. Not only is he a phenomenal football player, but he is a great leader in the locker room. A lot of teams have their eyes on Dalvin Cook, a four-time Pro Bowler the last four seasons. He's really coming into this year very healthy. It makes too much sense for him to go to the Dolphins, how they want to run the football, the play action, protect Tua. Sure, there are some other teams, but I think this one is streaming the Miami Dolphins. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. And here we are sitting in June looking at what could be in September as there are still a couple of huge names, huge brands out there trying to figure out where they want to play next, HD. And uh, in the NFL landscape, Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins obviously are two names. Like, if you've played fantasy football, if you've watched Sunday Ticket, if you sat there and watched Red Zone, they're two of the, the human highlight reels we've all become accustomed to seeing. But right now, neither of them has a team. Now, we know at this point that Hop has taken visits with the Tennessee Titans and the New England Patriots. But this is what Dalvin Cook had to say when he was on the Adam Schefter podcast about, you know, he's a free agent. What about the possibility of, uh, you know, maybe teaming up with D-Hop? Everybody knows who D-Hop is. Like, you know what you're getting out of D-Hop, and you know what he's going to bring to your roster. And it's the same for me. Like, you know what the film speaks for itself. Like, I don't really got to do too much. Like, you know, talking about who Dalvin Cook and DeAndre Hopkins is. But we haven't talked, and he was one of those guys that I was going to reach out to because, like, I know he got the same mindset as me. Like, we trying to go win. We trying to get on the roster and trying to go contend. So, if we can't end up on the same roster and be on the same team, you know, that'll be the beauty of the situation. You know, you we we know what we're trying to come do and what we bring into the team. So if we end up on the same roster, man, that'll be something like that'll be something epic for for, for NFL. You're buying a Dalvin Cook, uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, tag team going to a, a, a team at this point? Well, where are we talking about? Like, I mean, who is that team? I mean, that's what makes it difficult, right? Because if the only two visits that Hopkins has taken yep. so far has been the Titans and the Patriots, are we sending them to New England? Well, that's the thing. Like, if both of these guys go to New England, does New England get better? Yes. Is that a, a, a less pressure on Mac Jones at the quarterback position? Yes, it is. But how do I view the New England Patriots moving forward in the AFC East? I still believe that they're going to be the fourth place team, uh, fourth place team in that division, Fitz. And then, like when you look at the quarterback position, it's the team that has the deficiency. When you look at the three other teams in the AFC East, you got the Bills and Josh Allen, you got Aaron Rodgers in the Jets, you had Tua Tagovailoa in the Miami Dolphins, and then you have Mac Jones in the New England Patriots. Like I, I don't think that's an area I would want to put. You know, I don't think I, that's somewhere I want to go if I'm Dalvin Cook. If he just mentioned and talked and spoke about recently about winning a championship, helping someone bring a championship to their team. Has New England won championships in the past? Yes, but the past was the past. We're talking about now the current state of that team. And I just don't feel like they're championship ready right now as a, as a, entirely as a football team. Now, look, I, if I'm Dalvin Cook, the only thing I really care about right now is getting paid. Because I'm a running back. And running backs, if, if the NFL is going to devalue running backs to the point that every few years they wonder if they even have a home in the league anymore, then I don't care about winning. I care about getting the biggest, fattest check that I can possibly get. That being said, are we supposed to believe that the Patriots, a team that never really spends money on superstar players as a general rule, suddenly is now going to spend, according to over the cap, they have 15 million ish in the salary cap. 
they're going to dump all that on DeAndre Hopkins and Dalvin Cook. Like, not only is that counterproductive to what both of them want, if they really want to win, they're not going to go there and win, even if they are there together. It's counterproductive to the way the Patriots typically do business. I feel like this is one of those moments, and you know this, like uh, somebody will come to me and you, and they'll say, man, you know what? You two should do this project together. And be like, oh man, I'd love to do that. Well, you don't necessarily sit down and work out the details of whether or not you're available. On, you, know, you, you and Harry should call Raiders games together. Heck yeah, we should. Damn right we should. Neither of us sit down and say, well, okay, would our contract allow that? Or could we could we both get out to Vegas? Like, you're busy on weekends. I'm busy on weekends with college football. Like, we don't sit there in that moment. This feels like Dalvin Cook just, you know, out there dreaming and saying, oh, it'd be great to play with Hopkins. He ain't sitting there actually thinking about, now, here are the teams that could take both of us on. Because at the end of the day, two grown-ass men are worried about their own individual business. And, and that's my take on it, Fitz. When I look at Dalvin Cook, I feel like Dalvin Cook just should just worry about, you know, doing what's best for his situation and also DeAndre Hopkins doing what's best for his situation. Now, if those two guys happen to link up at the same place moving forward and uh, in the 2023-2024 season, then so be it. But I just think as individuals, they just need to worry about what they need to do in particular to get done what they feel like they need to get done this next and upcoming season. Especially, I mean, if you're Dalvin Cook, and you look around the landscape. Let's just be honest here about what it's like to be a running back in today's NFL. If you look around the landscape, you are watching Saquon get squeezed out for whatever dimes they're trying to save. You're watching Josh Jacobs and my beloved Raiders having this massive battle. You're watching two of the absolute best coming off of two of the absolute best seasons where they contributed in the running game and the passing game, and they did absolutely everything you could ask both of them to do. And their reward for that is a one-year franchise where nobody wants to give them a multi-year deal, and it seems like there can't be this agreement on money. If I'm Dalvin, I'm looking around saying, well, dang, man, like the two best of the best, they're getting, you know, whated out of some cash here. I I just want to go somewhere where I can get as much money and be a year at a time mercenary if I have to. Because at some point, what what else is the point? If you're great, you're not going to get paid. Well, especially like a team in the Miami Dolphins. And you've seen what they were able to do last season. Tua stepping up to the plate. Tyreek Hill having the year that he did. Jalen Waddle. Um, that defense is better now. But the run game. And how vital it is for that type of offense led by Mike McDaniel, their head coach, who came from the Shanahan system. And he's from Miami. There's no income state tax in the state of Florida. It just makes perfect sense for me if I'm Dalvin Cook. I'm trying to see if I can go to Miami any way possible. Because if you have this phenomenal year and then you hit the market again next year, you can try to get what you want, that, like you feel like you deserve in, uh, from that standpoint. Yeah, 100%. By the way, the, looking again at over the cap, the, the Dolphins have $13.9 million. They have $14 million. So the Dolphins have basically the same amount of money available to spend as the Patriots do. Now, if Ooh, I'm What Dalvin, a hard choice it is yeah. for me to make. <laughs> let, let, let me be, let's just dial, dial that in for a second, Harry. Think about this. If I gave you the choice, and you're Dalvin Cook, I'm going to make you Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to say, you know what? Money's the same either way. I'm going to put you and DeAndre Hopkins together on the Patriots. Or just you, screw DeAndre, you're going to the Dolphins. I mean, you're picking the Dolphins, right? Like, better team, still better players around? Guess what? I had an opportunity to play at home in Atlanta for seven years, so I know what that's like. I'm going home to play in Miami where I'm from. 
You're going home. You're playing in Miami with a better quarterback, right? Yep. With a better defense. Well, let's say at least a comparable defense. And frankly, even if the Patriots add DeAndre Hopkins, you got better weapons. You still got better receivers than DeAndre Hopkins is going to give you in New, in New England. Like, this isn't even close. Of, of all the destinations in the AFC East at this point, the New England Patriots are far and away the fourth best. For every free agent, for everybody that's looking at it, they are the fourth best destination at this point in today's AFC East. Well, on top of, you've seen how that pass game ascended last season. That's going to open up more running lanes for you. And I just think that's something offensively for the Miami Dolphins that they didn't do well last year. Not running the football, but Mike McDaniel called them to run on a consistent basis. So now in year two of this system, guys in the offensive linemen are going to understand that, okay, all of this that we did last year is predicated off of the run game and what we're able to do. So let's get that going. Dalvin Cook could uh, play a major factor and play a major role when it comes to the run game for the Miami Dolphins. If all Dalvin Cook wants to do is win, he should go to Miami. If all Dalvin Cook wants to do is be close to home, he should go to Miami. If all Dalvin Cook wants to do is get paid, Miami's got the money to do it. DeAndre Hopkins needs to go out, figure his own thing out. This is not a dynamic duo. This is two guys that both are capable of doing great things still in their career, at least very good things in their career, Harry, that in my mind should just figure out individually where each of them can contribute the most. Dalvin Cook still has an opportunity to go somewhere and do th- do something special. Speaking of special, all right, ESPN.com has gone out there and they have stacked all 32 teams' top five players in the NFL. They, this is from ESPN.com. They have gone out and they've just looked at the top five players of all 32 teams, all right? A couple of things are shocking. One of the most shocking things is that 31 is one of the teams this show loves and root for, roots for, and it's not the Raiders. We are going to destroy this list next. Vince and Harry, the podcast. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. I can promise you one thing. If you just joined us this year, we came together in January. This show is proud and and we've loved the basketball content we've been able to do. I cannot wait for football season. We cannot wait for football season. It's never too early to dive in. On ESPN.com right now, Seth Walder, ESPN analytics guru, has put an article out. This is out on ESPN+. And it ranks NFL roster cores. So what he's done is he's looked at the top five core players that serve as the cornerstones for every team. All right, so these are the top, these are the cores, you know, just looking at the guys you got to have. The most important players, not necessarily the richest, not necessarily the highest pro football focus grades. It's the five most important players on every team. And from that, he has made a list. So now it is time for us to figure out if this list is any good or if this list is terrible with a little bit of too high, too low, just right. It's like Goldilocks, all right? So uh, we, we've got we've got some fun, you know, we've got some fun sounds. We'll let the guys chew, uh, queue up the teams. Uh, guys, what team do we have first coming at us? Yeah, let's start with the Giants at 15th. Too high, too low, or just right. And the core is Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Kayvon Thibodeau, and Darren Waller. Here's my problem with this core, HD. 
I don't see Saquon listed on it. Daniel Jones, Dexter Lawrence, Andrew Thomas, Kayvon Thibodeau, Darren Waller. You're telling me Darren Waller, as much as I love Darren Waller, the Raider, is more important to the Giants than Saquon? Like, no, that, no, that's trash. No, that, 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 trash. That's, that's not correct whatsoever because you look <laughs> at a guy, Saquon Barkley, who was important to the run game and also the pass game, who was fourth in the National Football League in rushing and also helped the New York Giants football team as an offense be fourth in the National Football League as a team rushing. And the reason why Daniel Jones was able to make the proper steps he was able to make alongside of their head coach, Brian Dable, and you don't even have him on the list? Huh, yeah. funny. I would, Hilarious. I, I think this... I think they're ranked too low as the list is right now because Dexter Lawrence, obviously, like, Dexter Lawrence is a superstar. Andrew Thomas has played like a superstar at times. Kayvon Thibodeau is somebody I believe can be a superstar. And if Darren Waller is healthy, I know that's a big if for a lot of people. He is also, this shows you there's a core of true talent for the Giants. I think 15 feels a little low to me uh, overall. But if you put Saquon on this, 15 is way the hell too low and blatantly disrespectful. How about the Falcons at 31 with Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Chris Lindstrom, Grady Jarrett, and Kyle Pitts? Too high, too low, just right, Harry. I think this is nonsense as well. Yeah, it's definitely too high. You look at at a guy. Okay, you have your nerves. (laughs) You look at a guy in Kyle Pitts who is a unicorn at that position, who can do a ton of things, can play with his hand in his dirt, can detach, can be the single wide receiver, is a matchup nightmare. Also, why is it Bijan Robinson on this list? A guy that I think at, at that position, a running back position, who is very, very dynamic. You look at a guy in Drake London, I think Desmond Ritter is going to be a guy that's going to be able to get things done. But then Grady Jarrett. Grady Jarrett has been phenomenal since he came into the National Football League at Clemson. He was one of those guys who was drafted, you know, later in the rounds and, you know, really stepped up to the plate and being an anchor for the defensive side of the ball for the Atlanta Falcons for a lot of years. He's getting double team on a consistent basis. He's still making plays out there on the football field. I think this is entirely too low for the Atlanta Falcons. I think it's too low, and I think it's also, to your point, not the right five when you talk about the core. Uh, Number one, uh, Anthony Richardson was included in the same article when they broke down the core and the most important players for the Colts. So there's no reason for B. John Robinson to be on this list. Number two, as much as I I love the thought of Chris Lindstrom, the offensive lineman, being on this list, Jesse Bates was one of the most significant signings of the offseason, and he's now an Atlanta Falcon. He's he's absolutely a difference maker on this team. So I I think, again, the, the top five, the five, core are flawed, and I think the Falcons are also too low. I, I still don't think the Falcons are good. Though. Right, Evan, who do we got next? <laughs> <laughs> the, the Raiders disrespect. are oh. at 17th with Jimmy G, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Colton Miller. Who with who? Yeah, Who's uh, the first person you named? And Josh Jacobs. Jimmy G. Okay, here's what I would say about this. 17 feels about right, but it also reminds me, uh, that, like, there, there is so much talent at particular positions on this team. And still such a bad team. Like, Devontae Adams had a spectacular year last year. Max Crosby had a spectacular year last year. Josh Jacobs had a spectacular year last year. They're all listed in this top five. Colton Miller has turned out to be a very good offensive lineman. I don't love the Jimmy G portion of this, but it's just a reminder. Like, the Raiders are sitting here irrelevant in the conversation of competition while they are wasting top-end years from top-end talent. I've never seen anything like this, Harry. Like, to, to have three players that are playing at an all-pro level and still be a team that just flat-out sucks is heartbreaking for me as a fan. 17 feels about right, though. Well, I, I think they should be a tiny bit lower because uh, what's uh, eye-catching to me is Jimmy Garoppolo at the quarterback position. That, that's what's eye-catching to me. 
Do we even know if Jimmy's going to be healthy to start the year off? Do we uh, even know? You that? know, uh, uh, I saw Jeremy Fowler earlier today saying that all mm-hmm. indications are that he'll still be healthy. You're right. There's no quarterback on this team. I, like, I, thanks for that reminder, Harry. Uh, what is he, What is he going to do? Throw the ball ten yards down the field when Devontae Adams is open fifty yards down the field? You know what's going to happen? Gonna Every time he's going to take off his helmet in frustration, and then all of a sudden, cinema view is going to come through, and it's going to slow mo, and we're just going to be reminded, <laughs> man, it looks bad when he throws it, but he looks good when he takes that helmet off. He is a good looking man, Evan. Who you got next? Thanks for making me drink. Yeah, the Jets are eighth with their core of Aaron Rodgers, Sauce Gardner, Quinn and Williams, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Vera Tucker. Man, that's some core. Eighth, too high, too low, just right, and why is it too low? Yeah, Harry, eighth is is way too high for me. I mean, way too high. Like Sauce Gardner, I'll give you. Quinn and Williams, I'll give you. Garrett Wilson, I'll give you. Uh, but, man, I, I, eh, I mean, eighth? Like, that that's putting them above, uh, for example, the Ravens right below yeah. them. Uh, that yeah. seems weird to me. That's putting them above the 49ers, whose roster yeah. – the, the 49ers are 10th on this list, and their roster is so good that they can almost get to a Super Bowl with Evan at quarterback. Like, the hell are we doing? So, yeah. yeah. I, I think 10th. 10th is, 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 is feasible for the New York Jets in this situation because I just can't see myself putting them ahead of the Ravens or the 49ers, like you just mentioned, Fitz. Yeah, I, I think that is the 49ers. As I'm scrolling through this list, I don't know where we were going to get to the 49ers, but the thought of Nick Bosa, Trent Williams, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, and Fred Warner being 10th on this list is yeah. and that, like that's that's borderline gross to me. And that didn't even include they decided not to put Debo and Hargrave on this. Like, come on, Seth Waldo. Like, like they belong over the Chargers, in my opinion. Yeah, I, and the charges are at seven. If we're just putting that core, the core five of the 49ers, I mean, that they could find themselves up all the way up at five to me. Well, four, yeah, you got to put them over the Cowboys. I yeah. mean, what's the one team that beat the Dallas Cowboys the last two years in the playoffs? Uh, oh. I mean, that, that I, I get why the Chiefs are one. Mahomes, Kelsey, Chris Ford, Creed Humphrey, Joe Thune, uh, Thune, Thune. Uh, I That's fine. That's fine. I, I mean, Cincinnati, too. I, I don't know. I would put I put the 49ers in with any of that. I Seems like it's a little... Okay, you know what? We're going to keep breaking this list down because I'm mad about it, mostly. Uh, we'll get back to too high, too low, just right at some point with this list that Seth Walden put out. Check it out on ESPN+. Plus. In the meantime, obviously, we'll get back to the NFL, but there's plenty to break down. We do want to make sure everybody knows next hour, Chris Paul going to join us at 1.30 p.m. Eastern. We will talk to CP3 directly. In the meantime, what's next for the Miami Heat? We'll break it down. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, and as always, on the ESPN app. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.